0: Then read scriptures, and then we will see how the Lord leads us. Uh, I do have a, a, a brand, brand new joke. And um, it's called the puns. Anybody like puns? I like puns. A uh, person who invented the door knock won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't work out how to fasten my seat belt. Then it clicked. Uh, the guy who invented zero. Thanks for nothing. (laughs) Singing in the shower is all fun and games until you get shampoo in your mouth, then it just becomes a soap opera. (laughs) Last but not the least. Want to hear a construction joke? I'm working on it. (laughs) Okay, put your Bibles up there and say, Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, you know what to share to your children because At the end of the day, I'm just a bridge to bring your word, Father. And I just pray that you will help me to hear and deliver your word to your children. So we will go back with a sense of Daddy God spoke to me this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bible to Ezekiel 47. It's a fabulous scripture. We're going to read a few scriptures and we're going to jump uh, into what the Lord has said. Uh, for us this morning, okay? Ezekiel 47 verse 1, The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the temple faced east and the water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar, then he brought me back out of the through the north gate and led me to the outside of the outer gate facing east and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, which is like um, 500 meters, something like that, and then led me through water that was an ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was an ankle deep. He measured off another thousand and he led me through the water that was up to the waist. Verse 5, he measured off another thousand, but now it was a river. Can everybody say river? River. River That I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. Jump to verse 12. Look at this verse 12. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail nor will their fruit fail every month they will bear because water from the sanctuary flows to them their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing this morning i feel the holy ghost wants to remind us again to ask each and every one, including me how close you want to be with god how close you want to be with god and this is a story ezekiel is one of the major prophets and he lived a very bizarre life if you notice i mean he would he would do something very profiting. I mean, thank God we don't live in the Old Testament lifestyle because the prophets have to do crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, God said one day, you know, you, you, you take a human feces and make a fire out of it and cook and you start eating. And people will ask, what's the stench? They will say, that's how you are to me. And he, Ezekiel said, no, that's too graphic. Can I do it with a cow? Cow dung. And God said, okay, you can do with a cow. This is in the Bible. It's not a Harry Potter story, so don't look at me like that. So this is from the Bible. So crazy stuff. And he would lay down for three and a half years on one side, and people would ask him, like, what the heck? What are you doing like this? They would say, no, no. I'm here this three and a half years. That's each day submits for one year and these many years you will be as a captivity the northern kingdom southern kingdom and he will dig a hole in the middle of the way and in the room and he will try to get out so dressed up and people ask why you do this like no 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 that's how one day you have to run out so crazy thing but then he p- makes a profound statement and if you read the Ezekiel chapter the, quite a thick book but if you read it there is one thing you will constantly see it's like a silver lining it says the spirit of the hand of God was upon him the hand of god was upon ezekiel the hand of god led ezekiel so i want to challenge us this morning as we read through some scriptures i want to ask you to ask your soul the soul is the mind emotions the will you're going to ask your soul how close is your soul close to god are you just ankle deep knee deep waist are you swimming in the presence of god and we as a church, sometimes it's so easy to put on the hat. Like, today's Sunday morning, I'm going to go. That to first week communion, I'm going to do this. But then we kind of box it because of the box mentality we grew with. And we kind of say, okay, I've done church. Now let me go and watch Terminator. I mean, <laughs> so it's kind of fun. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's, it's not that. It's more than that. It's intimate relationship. It's like swimming in the presence of God. And This is the sign. This is what the Ezekiel was saying. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. The leaves will not wither, nor their fruit will fail. Every month they will bear because of water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and the leaves for healing. Let me tell you this. If you are constantly swimming in the presence of God, there is no room for burnout. Burnout happens when we try to run our life without Christ. Christ is our life. Christ is our hope. Christ is our everything that we breathe. Colossians 1 says, In Christ everything started everything sustains everything is carried forward amen so this is what i wrote down here you choose how close you want to be with god anointing of the lord is gender specific he pours on everyone who is hungry and available knowing god is one thing known by god is another thing calling singing i'm a friend of god you know that song we sing that i'm a friend of god that's one thing but god calls somebody says you're my friend is another thing Turn with me to Exodus chapter 33 verse 11. It says so beautiful verse, Exodus chapter 33 verse 11. And uh, if you're searching in the New Testament, it won't be there. Uh, just an inside thought. Uh, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but Joshua's son of Nun did not leave the tent. And that's a totally another message for another day. But the first part of is, is Exodus 33:11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. I want to ask you. The word presence means face. That's what the Bible means. The word presence means face. But let me tell you, when you are having a, a conflict with a person, the first thing you don't want to see is what? Is their face. That's what we say, talk to my hand. And if you're really, really mad, talk to my left hand. We Indians know what does that mean, okay? Right? Come on, cheer up. Yes, this is the thing. So the first thing meet that person is their face. And that's why we get angry. And if you're married, and if you're married for long, my brother is married for long, and, and the first thing, my, my wife says, you know what, just leave me alone. Sister Mary, you said that? No. Okay, <laughs> smile has a lot of meaning to it. Anyway, but this is the thing. Okay, I wrote down this. Write it down if you're taking notes. Uh, greatest pleasure in life is to be known by the one who created us. That is the greatest pleasure. So I want to challenge us, and I pray there will be no condemnation. It's nothing to share like, oh, you're an ankle-deep Christian. You're a knee-deep Christian. I'm a swimming Christian. That's not, it's not about comparison. That's what religion taught us, to compare. But I'm asking you to check your heart. Lord, am I swimming in the presence of God, or am just having a few holy days, and then the rest of the days I just touch base with you? I know we work, we are busy, we have a lot of schedules and we have bosses to be accountable for. But that doesn't discount us for the fact that being connected in the presence of God is not an option. It's actually a divine privilege that God has given for you and me. Amen. So this is what I wrote on It's simple things. So it's nothing on the screen. We didn't prepare. I told you this. God messed up stuff. So the first thing, maybe three or four points just... The Lord highlighted the first thing, when you walk in this river with God, worship becomes a lifestyle, it's not becomes an event. Worship is not an event, it becomes a lifestyle. So you learn to have this continuous, and Psalms 80, verse 80 says, Psalms 80, verse 18 says, quicken us, Lord, so that we may receive, answer your call us Lord. So that means you're constantly in tune with the presence of God. It's like day in, day out. And the word quicken basically means you just wait upon the Lord, and then He just wakes you up. It's like there's one thing you know how to wait in the doctor's office. That's the one thing. But another one is waiting. That's waiting for. But there's another one is called waiting on. It's like a deep sense. Like Papa God is anytime, anywhere, any place going to speak to me and speak through me. I'm just being. Your vessel, and uh, I had a seven hours layover in Sydney on the way to, uh, uh, way to Wellington in New Zealand, and I was charging my phone and I pulled it harder. And the iPhone cable broke, and uh, and I was like, oh no, man, it's. Uh, it's it's now I have to buy a cable because the phone, the smartphones are not so smart in batteries. You might know that. So so I need to charge my phone and I need my phone and I do my reading on the phone. So so I was looking for a cheap cable and the cheap cable in Australia, how expensive it is, it's 32 Aussie dollars. Thank God for credit card. That's the time you really thank God for. Anyway, but I was swiping my card, bought the card and then the guys felt in my heart the Holy Spirit said ask him what's his name? I said what's your name sir? I said he said David and uh, then the Lord said talk to him about this. I said there's a guy in the Bible called David and he was a quite messed up fellow and this fellow God called him a man after my own heart and I don't know how messed up you are but I can tell you a little bit I was big time messed up but in Christ that's what God has calls everyone you are a man after my own heart. This guy stops selling everything. He looks at me and says, I am I don't know, he said 25, 26, he said, I don't know in my life I never heard so profoundly speaking into my life like this. What, what I'm trying to say, it's not to say, Oh, you you know, I preach the gospel. No, nothing like that. When you are connected in the presence of God, everywhere you go, you bring that presence. You are a change, you are an influencer not influenced by the thing Amen I want to challenge you sometimes it's very easy to say you know what I'm finishing my shift I'm, I'm wrapping it up and going but then when you leave there is something suddenly God opens the doors and that's the time when you when you are walking in ankle deep you don't feel anything because it's just ankle deep you do church and you get out but when you're walking and you're swimming in the river every place you go you are becoming an agent of dope I mean agent of hope Amen not a dope I hope amen I mean, you get 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 people get high by jesus anyway i wrote down here christ this is a beautiful thing christ will not use us to establish his kingdom in the world until he occupies the throne of our entire being and becomes the king of our affections our motives and our will and our heart christ will not in other words Christ is more interested in conquering us than conquering through us. Amen? Why don't you just, if this makes sense, you say to God, God, I want you to conquer me completely. Just, you know, just just in your own language. Just take a few seconds. Say, God, I want you to conquer me. I want you to conquer me. I know I want to conquer this and this, this and this for you. But more than all this, I want you to conquer me. Take a few seconds. Come on, church. Just say to the Lord, Lord, I want you to conquer me. Conquer my mind. Conquer my heart. Conquer my emotions. Conquer my wallet. Conquer every, conquer my conversation. Conquer my time in front of the TV. Every time I pray, Father, that it will be a river of living waters flow in and through me. Amen. And this is another thing I wrote down. When you walk in this beautiful river, not ankle deep, knee deep, not knee, but when you, when you, when you, let go of the control and let God be the control of your life pruning is part of discipleship pruning is part of discipleship and when I talk about pruning many times people confuse pruning with punishment punishment is to do with your past pruning is to do with your future punishment tells you you are getting this because what you did not do right Pruning tells you are going through this because what can come out of it can be more fruitful. Turn with me to John 15. I think it's 15.3. 15.3 or 2, I guess. It says, He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit and He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Amen? How many of you want to produce even more? I mean I want to produce even more when you say you know the most dangerous prayer I told this in the DTS when I taught last week the most dangerous prayer you and me can ever make is this simple prayer Lord use me you are setting up yourself for something magnificent but it's not going to be so bright and colorful it's going to be a painful thing can I tell you about pruning pruning in my own language it means pruning sucks it's not fun. It's messed up. It's really challenging. No affirmation, no limelight. You are going through this terrible season. You know the eagles, they go to this cliff and then the feathers, the feathers all wither away. And it's the most ugly. Then the eagles you have seen are so majestic, right? But the, when they go through this pruning stuff, they are the most ugliest creatures. Nobody wants to... That's why they under the, they're under the cliff. Nobody can see. But then when they get renewed... That's what Isaiah 40 says. The eagles get renewed. They will soar up their wings. And they will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Everyone either went through pruning. Or I can can be sure you are going through pruning. Or less assured you will be going through pruning. Why? Because Christ is after a fruit in your life. And the greatest fruit is Christ himself. Amen. And the way God uses pruning, it's called He uses something called heavenly sandpaper. Heavenly sandpaper. And there are three heavenly sandpaper. The first one is people. (laughs) It's not the time to turn around and look, please. You are my heavenly sandpaper. you <laughs> know. No, no, no. God uses heavenly sandpaper. And these are things like he uses. It brings you people. And the second one is pleasure. Pleasure. He brings you choices. And right now, in November till January, you will be bombarded with choices. Because Thanksgiving, New Year, Pongal, all those things, everything is... Christmas sorry yeah i forgot i have a, I have a big list on december my son's birthday my daughter's birthday my wife's birthday all on december but god knows i'm a missionary so everything he put it on one month so we make one cake no, i'm just kidding so, but you know but this is the reality you know we have so many bombarded with stuff but let me tell you this he uses people he uses pleasures but he also uses problem in life he uses crisis and you will go through crisis and if you say Lord take me out of crisis basically you are saying graduate me from health (laughs) so don't say take me out of crisis but you know this is the beautiful thing Jesus said to Peter which is not a beautiful thing he said looked at Peter Peter said I will never leave you boss I will be always there with you Jesus looked at him and he said you know what Satan actually asked to tempt you like shift you like wheat But I pray that you will be strengthened. But once you got strengthened, you will strengthen other fellow brothers. Let me tell you, the fire you are going through right now is not the fire to just the sake of going through. Because there are tons of people out there. God wants to use your fire to be a blessing and a hope to others. Amen so don't ignore the fire don't put off the fire just go through the fire why because the one who promised us is with us in the fire look at this three teenage boys the king looked at him and said didn't we put three guys but i see the fourth one he reminds me the angel of god let me tell you as you are going through fire the angel of god is with you right now amen if that's you that's you just, I want you to put your hand on your heart. I want you to, I'm, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm not going to even look who is going through fire. But I just want you to put your hand on your heart and say, God, let me be, let me not dodge this pruning. Let me go through this fire. Let me go through this fire. I know you are with me in this battle. I know you are with me in this deepest, darkest, most messiest, snottiest moment in my life. You are with me, Lord. Just make the prayer in your heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ramalatha kandurama Yes, Father. Yes, you will give us the strength not just to cop out. You will give us the strength to endure and to overcome. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Another thing what happens when you walk in this river of God, it's so beautiful. You will learn to worship God not just as an event but lifestyle. You learn You learn to understand pruning is part of, you know, Christ is after a greater fruit. But then you come to a deep sense of, of understanding the word of God becomes your main source. I remember one man of God said, The word of God is like a main meal, and the rest of the books are like snacks. A lot of time we live out of snacks, live out of the opinion of people. The, the, there are three things about you need to know about the belief system: there are opinions, facts, and truth. But the opinions are like armpits, they stink. <laughs> it's better to keep your armpits down. <laughs> to be more graphic, I can't go more graphic than this. If you've been on bus, and you stand holding it in the summer hot day. I mean, you'll find a lot of opinions, <laughs> and opinions are like this. But the opinions are not going to save you. Facts are going to just show how messed up you are, like a mirror. But the truth is the one that sets us free. We are so focused in this culture. We are becoming very addicted to opinions of people. We are getting, We want to make sure, we want to get that cute statement. Oh, God wants to take your mess into your message. It sounds cute, but you have to take this word put it inside. If you don't put this word inside, just the opinions will not take us anywhere. My friends, my brothers, my sisters, I want to challenge you. What's this one thing you are after? Is it after opinion or are you after facts or are you after the truth? Challenge yourself. When you walk in the river of God, ankle deep, knee deep, hip deep, you won't feel anything. But when you swim, you will distinguish between the word of God and the rest of it. And this is what the Bible says, Jesus grew up in wisdom and stature and won favor before God and men. Luke 2.52 says, And what does that mean? It talks about he was not concerned about the opinion because there was a lot of people, Pharisees, they were called bleeding Pharisees. Do you know that term? Have you heard the term bleeding Pharisees? Because they would tie up this Torah here. They won't look up to your girl because they thought if they look and their lustful thought will come. So they will tie up, they will walk like this and suddenly they hit into a wall and they even bleed. They are so concerned about what could go wrong but they forgot about the life that Christ offers. I sat next to a Jewish rabbi on the way to New York a few years ago, and he, he had these curls and everything. And he was having his whole family. I mean, he really multiplied, and he had this lot of them with them. And and I was sitting alone, and I wanted to show him my wife and kids. So I pulled my phone, I turned, and he was like, "No, no, 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 no! Don't show, don't show, because." He was so scared. He had this one of the torchlight on his forehead. So he, this, he was so scared that he would look at my wife's picture and lust. They were that serious. They had the law, but they didn't have the lawgiver. And what we do? We have the lawgiver, but we take him for granted. And the name of grace. But once you start walking in this river... It becomes so beautiful. You learn to distinguish between the words of the people, the opinions and the facts and the truth. My prayer that for you, you will be a truth-driven person. Not opinion-driven person, not fact-oriented person, but truth-driven person. Chuck Swindley, a guy said, he said the, the truth spoken in unlove is still untruth truth spoken not in love it's still untruth and sometimes we can go the other extreme like the bleeding Pharisees we can take the truth and hammer people oh you did this you did this no 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 but it has to be along with the one who gives the law that is the truth giver amen does it make sense amen okay is it good when God messed up the agenda are we are we (laughs) it's good okay hope so okay the last one I'm going to pray with you because we want to take in this beautiful truth giver and when you walk in this river deep and you try to swim you learn to differentiate between God's timing and other people's timing and you will trust in the timing of God and a lot of times we don't trust in the timing of God because why we are so anxious that's what Paul says in Philippians 4 small book 4 chapters many times 4 chapters he wrote, he wrote 16 times 4 chapters rejoice and then he says, be anxious. Why are you very anxious? Because you, you are on the knee deep. You are just, you are listening to your radio here, your YouTube sermon, cut and paste, somebody send it forwarded. You are taking here and there, those are opinions and facts, but you have never learned to swim in the presence of God. I mean, it's not a rebuke, guys, but I want to challenge you. You know, the lot of fast forward, WhatsApp forwarded, you know, some cute statement with lots of music, dramatic thing, those things are not your daily bread. Hello? Not to turn on the you version. Find your promise of the way. That's not your daily bread. That's, lo- that's like lottery. That's like spiritual witchcraft. Trying to find one word. I told you this joke many times. The one guy opened the Bible. He said, Lord speak to me. Judah hung on the tree. That's not a good word. Lord speak to me again. Opened again. Book cricket. Don't just do the word. Hear the word. Do the word. I think we kind of go to that extreme because we want to find a word, some prophet, some minister, some... De- guys, it's here. Dwell in the presence of God. Psalms 91 says, He is... Dwell in the... I know it in Tamil very well. He's like... I didn't speak in tongues, but that was... You know. But this is the reality. You dwell in the presence of God. You choose to dwell and roam and our life becoming a life of Christ. Amen. And what happens when you trust in the timing of God? First Thessalonians 5.24 says, He who started in you is faithful to accomplish. Amen. I want to pray over you that he who started the work in you, you will be faithful to accomplish. You don't need to look at somebody and your friend and your neighbor and your classmate or your roommate or your workmate and you say, well, that guy is advancing. No, no, no. His race is unique race. Your race is unique. He who started in you will accomplish. Amen. If you start it, you have to finish it. If you trust other people, you have to help have them to finish it. If you manipulate to get it, you have to manipulate to keep it. But if he started in you the work, he will accomplish it. Amen? That's why I wrote down here, trust in the presence of God. Trust in the promises of God. Trust in the purposes of God. Trust in the provision of God. And trust in the divine protection of God. Amen? Isn't it good? The Lord is good. I want to invite you. That you will make a decision not to be ankle deep. I'm not talking about the lengthy prayers. Please don't get me wrong. Oh, should I pray from 5 minutes to 15 minutes? No, no. Please, that will be a whole point. You're missing it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about inviting the presence of God in every area of your life. Don't just give him a nice guest room with a welcome basket and say, Jesus, you are so glad we are having you here please feel welcome to be here. Don't just give him the guest room. Just give the keys of your house and say, Jesus, this is your house. How can I be a good steward of that? I'm I'm talking metaphorically. You get my point, what I'm saying. So I want to challenge us that we would come to that place where we will walk and swim in the presence of God. Amen. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters.